Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Ridify podcast. Um, if you don't recognize my voice, that's normal because I am new to, as a host to Ridify. Um, my name is Kashol Tamala from Singapore, and before we begin, I want to maybe introduce myself a bit more. I'm, I've been heavily involved in community service, particularly in relation to migrant workers, for a very long time here in Singapore. I have been tutoring migrant workers, I've been part of government projects distributing necessities to migrant workers during COVID, and I've also been a very avid volunteer at Willing Hearts, Soup Kitchens, and a lot of different organizations for migrant workers. And today I wanted to take a sort of different approach to these regular Redefy podcasts. Um, I know a lot of the issues discussed on Spotify are very US-centric or something that concerns uh, the entire world. But today I wanted to take an approach into an issue that is sort of localized. I know I, I see it a lot in Singapore. I'm not sure about other countries. Uh, I've been to Hong Kong before. I've seen it there. If you've heard of it, um, well, that's good because today we're going to be talking about migrant worker ostracization. So let me explain a bit more about it. Um, so migrant worker ostracization is pretty much just how difficult it is for migrant workers, especially in Singapore, to integrate into society. Um, Singapore, like many countries in the world, sort of has a them versus us attitude with migrant workers. Um, within the government, it's not really like this, but our society really has this sort of approach. And personally, I think that it could be because of Singapore's sort of very recent history. So Singapore has been a very uh, relatively new country, and we've always had a sort of uh, class system where there's expats and there's Singapore citizens who have been here for a long time. And there's also these migrant workers. So there's three separate uh, class systems uh, with no particular order, of course. But I do see a lot of these migrant worker classes finding it hard to integrate into society because A, there's not a lot of them. And B, um, I see a lot of Singaporean citizens themselves not really um, being open to migrant workers. Um, I mean, you see this a lot in social media. You see it on Facebook. Um, but even in your day-to-day -day life, like on my way to school, uh, I pass by a lot of construction sites and I see a lot of migrant workers that might be, even be working under, working in rain conditions. And these are some of the issues that migrant workers see a lot in Singapore. And yeah, especially during COVID-19 period, uh, where a majority of Singapore's outbreak was based in migrant worker dormitories. Um, Workers were subject. Workers still are subject to subtle prejudice, like people taking the long route on a sidewalk just to avoid a worker. Well, I've actually seen this this morning, where there's sort of a stigma for uh, against migrant workers in Singapore, because for some reason there's a lot of prejudice of them having COVID or something like that, and that's just been taking over Singapore in the past few years, and. I feel like these sort of little things like taking the long route on a sidewalk, they might be seen as a minor thing, but it really does take a toll on mental health. Um, it can be considered dehumanizing. I mean, picture yourself being a worker and having other people just 
walk around you and just try to avoid you at all costs. I mean, I definitely don't think it's a good uh, um, process for mental health. It's super dehumanizing. It sort of decreases your value, uh, that, the value that you place in yourself. And that's pretty much how I got introduced to migrant worker uh, ostracization, seeing these little things. And I was able to make that connection. And I found myself wanting to volunteer at worker dormitories. And that's where my involvement in community service began. And I'm actually from the same regions in India as a lot of these migrant workers. So I feel like I have an obligation to help. I know that might not be the case for everybody else or the people that are listening, but I really do think it's worthwhile to consider uh, the people around you and seeing how you can uh, help your community progress and seeing how you can integrate everyone into society. Because personally, I believe that the best societies, the most well-functioning societies are the ones that are open-minded and where everyone is on the same playing field. But, I mean, Singapore is even transitioning that way. Um, recently, there was a story of a migrant worker named Thanabal Suresh, uh, a 39-year-old worker terminally ill with cancer. And usually, cases like these with migrant worker issues, they go um, sort of under the radar, and they're ignored by mainstream society. Um, a couple of years ago, we had suicide, uh, a couple of suicides in the migrant worker community, which is terrible, and none of the mainstream media even picked it up. And it's very disappointing to see. It was disappointing to see back then, but I mean, we're seeing a change. And in the case of this migrant worker named Thanabal Suresh, um, he was terminally ill with cancer with family back home in India he needed to take care of. And of course, these are usually ignored by mainstream society, but a foundation called Give Asia um, created a charity page for Thanabal Suresh and the Singapore community um, led I think mostly by Singapore citizens, um, donated uh, thousands of dollars, actually $40,000 for Thanabal Suresh and his pregnant wife back in India. And I thought it was really heartwarming to see how our society has been progressing to being more open to others. And I just thought this was a great story to share. And see, migrant worker ostracization is not just solely bad news. The foundation here in Singapore, along with hundreds of Singapore citizens, were, were ra are raising thousands of dollars for migrant workers, especially during COVID times. And really, I've, I've, I've been here in Singapore for over 12 years now, and I'm happy to say that the mindset is changing. When I first came here, I remember there being a very poor um, worker um, quarters in my condo, but now as I've gotten older here in Singapore and grown up, I've been seeing these changes where migrant worker dormitories are getting proper government funding and there's a lot of um, help provided to these migrant workers nowadays. I mean, when I first started volunteering uh, just before the COVID-19 period, I didn't see many others volunteering in the dormitories, but today, I mean, you'll see hundreds of people lined up just to help out the community. And I'm really grateful for being in a community like Singapore where we're just open to change and better those around us. And I'll give you a bit more insight into my experiences volunteering at worker dormitories. Um, the first time I went was at Tuas, a region in Singapore which is far away from the everyday society you think of. When you think of Singapore, you think of the 
three-towered boat building, uh, the Marina Bay Sands. You think of all those beautiful buildings. But there are regions here that I guess you won't even find on Google Images, like uh, Tuas, as I just said. And these are very far away from our society. And I wouldn't say they're rural, but they are definitely a bit decrepit as compared to some of the better regions here in downtown Singapore. And when I first went there, I was surprised to see how rapidly the conditions around me changed. And as, as soon as I was uh, on the bus ride going to Tuas, I was reminded of um, a YouTube video that showed how the 2016 Rio Olympics in Brazil how the government sort of hid from uh, the, the tourists as they went to the Olympic Stadium. They hid uh, these thousands of slums on the highway to uh, Rio for the Olympics. And I just made that sort of connection and I saw how I, I felt like the government was trying to hide these um, migrant worker dormitories from everyday citizens. And I thought that was really disappointing and it really moved me. Because I said, as I said before, um, I connect with a lot of migrant workers because I'm from the same region in India, and with that obligation, um, I felt I had to help out my community. And I personally, as I said, there's three different classes here in Singapore, but personally, I feel like there's only one because I go to an international school where there's hundreds of different nationalities, and I guess I've just been grown up in this civilization where. There's no class systems, and I feel like I take that approach to everyday life as well. And I don't have the sort of them, them versus us attitude that Singapore used to have and still sort of has. And I pride myself in having that. And I encourage a lot of people listening to try to make themselves have this sort of open-minded global mindset. Um, I think it's coined the global citizen. And I think that's a brilliant way to approach life. Um, to ensure that you're always looking, having a nuanced perspective in everything you do. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have it like that. Um, migrant workers are still being treated unfairly. A lot of little things like walking around um, migrant worker dormitories or walking around migrant workers when they're walking or just avoiding them at all costs, those little dehumanizing things. And those might be a little bit uh, unfair, but I mean, there are actual racist attacks against migrant workers. Um, not so much in Singapore, but I have seen it in other countries. Uh, I don't want to name names because I'm not exactly sure, but I think there's a couple Southeast Asian countries which especially have this them versus us attitude. And though it might be really small in Singapore with uh, migrant workers versus um, Singapore citizens or something like that, we do see even worse cases abroad yeah, in China currently with the Uyghur camps, um, in Myanmar, with the Rohingya. Um, I can't speak on them as much as I can speak on migrant worker um, issues here in Singapore, but I do see this them versus us attitude polarizing our societies. And I think that's something we need to target and make sure we're all open and make sure we're all on the same playing field. And You may be thinking, well, Kush, um, why should we have this um, fairness in our society? Why should we not have this them versus us attitude? 
I think that just boils down to being diverse. I think di diversity is a very important component of society, and I think the more diverse we are, the more um, the more complex ways of thinking we have, and the more innovation we drive. And I like to talk about Toronto. Um, that's a city where I pick when I think of diversity. I think of Toronto, and that's a city that's been recently. Um, progressing very rapidly with a lot of innovation. And I think that's just a prime example of how diversity can help better our societies. And that's why we should be taking care of everyone and we should be eliminating these class systems or some other things that may be ostracizing certain communities in our community. So uh, I do want to give um, a sort of hope uh, in, the, in our listeners. And in Singapore, there's actually an organization that aims to combat the issue of ostracization, particularly for migrant workers. Um, just like I've been doing for the past couple of years, this organization called uh, It's Raining Raincoats is aiming to help better uh, integrate migrant workers. And I'll tell you how it actually began. So this organization, It's Raining Raincoats, began in 2015. And Essentially, the founder, a very, very nice lady, I must say, um, was driving home from work one day, in a, and it was raining cats and dogs. It was insane. It was like a typhoon here in Singapore. And she came across two migrant workers who, despite this downpour of rain, were still working. They didn't even have raincoats, and they were just working in, um, in these poor conditions because... That's just how these employers uh, treat migrant workers, and that's how it used to be a lot. Um, you had to meet a sort of quota to earn your money. And I guess whether it rained, whether it snowed, okay, it doesn't snow in Singapore, but whatever happened, they had to get through that quota, and they had to do their work. And that's, that's exactly why they didn't even take a break. They were working in this downpour of rain. And as this nice lady um, drove past, she she was touched i mean that's just not something you, sh you you can have that's it's terrible working in these conditions and i guess she she had a sense of emotional uh, an emotional response and she bought uh, raincoats for both of these gentlemen uh, these migrant workers and she gave them a lot of water she gave them bottles of water and that's pretty much how this organization began and that's why it's called it's raining raincoats and this, uh, the founder, the, um, she, she's given her personal number and encourages migrant workers to call her if they face any problems. And I think that's just a brilliant way for her to sort of make friends with migrant workers and also um, cut down on these chains in our society and increase um, integration. And I'll just tell you a, a bit more about her. I mean, it's raining raincoats. You can visit it on Facebook. It's a great. Um, I, I suggest uh, our listeners should uh, donate. I mean, it's a great organization that aims to cut down the bridges between the classes here in Singapore. And I'd love to see alternatives and alternative uh, organizations around the world start. And it's called it's raining raincoats, and I'll just find the founder really quick 
I have met her before, but it has been a while. When I work here and volunteer here in migrant worker dormitories, I work with an organization called Crisis Red Alliance. And that's a different organization. But that's just like it's raining raincoats and it just aims to help our society as well. And the founder, of course, of It's Raining Raincoats is Deepa Swaminathan. Um, she's a brilliant lady. She's very, very nice. And, well, she deserves all the recognition she gets because she didn't do any of this for attention. She did this to better her community because she did recognize, just like how I'm suggesting today, she recognized how our societies will benefit greatly from uh, cutting down on the bridges between classes and integrating everyone into one beautiful, diverse society. And this organization, um, It's Raining Raincoast, focuses on minor to major uh, solutions for ostracization. And if you're listening from Singapore, if you're a listener here from Singapore, I encourage you to um, volunteer for It's Raining Raincoats. Um, there's actually a program which I'm also involved in called the Magwish Program, in which you can Use your English skills to tutor other migrant workers, um, to tutor migrant workers, and it's a really quick process to give back to the community, and I really do think it's fulfilling to um, volunteer as well. So I may have gone on a brief tangent here into It's Raining Raincoats, but just wanted to show how brilliant it is to sort of um, come about, how brilliant it is to do whatever you can to better your society, and you don't have to do it for recognition and it couldn't start from something really small, like just giving two raincoats to migrant workers. And that's often how some of the biggest uh, nonprofit organizations began. And I encourage every listener here today to uh, sort of start their own passion projects and use their passions to give back to the community. Um, if you're a listener here from Singapore, there are thousands of different service opportunities um, called from Ray of Hope. Singapore, um, there's a lot of COVID stresses, and a lot of these organizations aim to alleviate these concerns in Singapore. Um, uh, Willing Hearts has been arranging thousands of meals and providing care packs, data card top-ups, and essentials to tens of thousands of migrant workers in the past few months uh, since the COVID-19 outbreak began. And I think that's uh, a sort of organization that can also gain a lot of help and support um, from Singaporean citizens. Um, and I guess a lot of viewers that aren't from Singapore might be wondering how they can help. There's a lot of donation sites online as well. Um, I would highly encourage your donation to It's Raining Raincoats. Or even starting your own uh, nonprofit organization or just a club to better the community around you. I do believe that Everyone has an obligation um, to help uh, those that may not be as fortunate in society. I think that everyone has an obligation to help them. And that's something you can do from very, that's something you can do with uh, very little opportunities. Um, you, might, you don't need access to all these brilliant consulting services or anything to start an, to start an organization. You just need a couple of people that are as interested as you um, that want to target a certain uh, field in society. Um, just a couple uh, years ago, I helped uh, a kid in my school uh, start his own organization aiming to 
reduced to reduce pen waste in Singapore. So pen waste is a very niche field of plastic waste, but it does contribute a lot to oceanic waste and a lot to these landfills. And what's a better way to start than to start small and to slowly get bigger? And that's exactly what he did. And today um, he has eight chapters in schools all around Singapore that are donating and recycling these pens. And I highly encourage, um, especially if you're a high schooler, to start young and to start uh, helping your community in any way you can. And volunteering is really fulfilling and it's something that I believe everyone should do. And yeah, that's actually why I joined um, Redefy. And I think that it's a great way to give back to your community. And yeah, as I said before, it's an obligation to help the community when you're a bit more privileged than others and that's exactly why I'm recording this podcast today and yeah I mean I think this will be the first episode for the Redify podcast in 2022 so this was my first go at giving a podcast thank you everybody that was able to listen so far I know I might have gotten a bit repetitive this is something that's a bit new to me um, it's been a while since I've actually had my own podcast episode. I do have another podcast called the Singapore Injustice Podcast where I've talked about very similar issues about migrant workers here in Singapore. And I guess that's why I was able to go a bit off the top today. And I'd love to be continuing uh, as a more uh, open host here at the Redify Radio. And... Thank you if you've listened so far. Uh, I'm always trying to get better myself, and I'd love some feedback as well. If you made it this far, um, you can drop feedback on the Redify Contact Us page. I'd love to see what you thought about this episode, and that'll be it. Thank you, everybody.